What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you for joining us today as we debut our sexy and luscious new intro song. Mm-hmm. It's a bop. We hate to be big-headed, right? <laughs> we hate to see it. We love modesty, but it's fire. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I actually hear the fire department right outside. <laughs> On their way. Right my now. window. <laughs> it's fine, guys. We're, everything's good in here. It's it was just our, our intro. Sorry. <laughs> but not that we made we didn't make it. I wouldn't be the guy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let no, me no, make no, this that clear. Wasn't, that we... was not us. We're not not gonna take credit for that. Um honestly, <laughs> quick shout out to um a young music producer by the name of Akadan, who you guys, homies, definitely go follow this man on social media. That's Akadan A C K. A H D A N. Um, he's the one who we collaborated with on this new theme song, and it came out better than we could have ever expected. Um, and it's all through his doing. So shout out to that guy. Go give him a follow. Go give his work some love. And if you need some music, ten out of ten would recommend would work with again. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah, I realized while we were talking, I was like, I'm really, I'm really gassing us up. Like we composed. <laughs> The, and did the music theory on this ourselves um we could have no. left them thinking that you know just have the mental image of just you and i just in the booth you know sunglasses on just <laughs> dropping the most fire beats of all time yeah. T- turn my headphones up the, <laughs> the deceit though we could never deceive the homies like that nah 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 we can't we can't be starting off season two on lies not after we've built this big connection with the homies no way oh, yeah officially season two is this is it hello (laughs) hello we're here uh thank you for saying that i had forgotten that yeah this is our official season two episode but yeah we really wanted to start out with an actual movie review for our season and it just happened to coincide with the premiere eh, about a weekish late (laughs) of um a very very exciting movie that we were both really really looking forward to and that we had just covered the first movie what like three episodes ago around yeah, there i think so um but before we get into that we do need to say happy pride month homies it's pride um it's june it's pride we are living for it. Mm-hmm. We would like to say what's up to all of our LGBTQIA plus homies. We love you. We are here for you today, tomorrow, every day. And we are so, so happy that you guys are here. And we hope that this month is amazing for you. Amen. Amen. Um, But for Pride Month, we felt that it was 
really, really important for us to put a spotlight on our fellow content creators who are a part of that community. So we're going to do um, a shout out for podcasts on like a podcast on our actual episodes. And then homies, if you guys are following us or want to be following us on social media, we will also be shouting out different content creators all throughout the month. We hope that you guys go and follow them, go check them out, go support them because we love them and we hope that you love them too. So for our first shout out of the month, I mean, we had to do it to him. (laughs) we We had to do it to him. We are going to be shouting out Fear the Talking Queers. Hey. Our day one homies. The day ones, like the real life day ones. Podcast wise, I mean. Rocking with us since the beginning. Very true. Um, We've talked about them a lot, I think, on this (laughs) podcast. But that's just because we really do. Their podcast is so amazing. They put so much work into it. And I just feel like they deserve that. Like they deserve to be shouted out from the rooftops. And also they're super funny. They're great people. Jake and Frankie just love talking to them. They're always so supportive of us as well. And just podcasts in general. I Mm -hmm, feel like they're mm -hmm. very supportive of a lot of people in the horror community. And obviously, we've collaborated with them before on their show. And then we've also had them over here on ours. And it is just always a blast, like always a good time. Yeah, it's always so much fun recording with them. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to shout them out again. And if you have not, for some reason, actually, I'm wearing their merch right now. I promise (laughs) you I didn't plan this. I didn't I didn't plan it out this way. Sure, sure, sure. Cool story. Cool story. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's because (laughs) well, I'll tell you why it's because in a little bit. But yeah, I'm wearing their merch right now. Um go follow them if you haven't. Please go listen to some of their episodes and tell them that the homies sent you. Mm -hmm. Tell them you say what's up. Um but (laughs) <laughs> the reason that I'm wearing their merch is because I'm wearing the shirt that has like the horror sticker on it. Mm-hmm. Which and I love I, that design, by the uh, way. Yes, I love this design as well. I wore it because I actually went to the movie theater earlier today to go see the movie that we're talking about, which is A Quiet Place 2. Oh, snap. You went? You went out? I went out. I left the house. Oh, oh. my God. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? I yeah. So I went and saw it earlier or earlier today in the theater, and I wanted to wear like a horror esque shirt, and I thought, why not just wear a shirt that says horror on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went and saw it, and I kind of want to have just the the ever so briefest conversation with you about what your theater experience was like this time uh-huh. watching this movie. Cause I know that you saw the last one in theaters. Right. And I did not. <laughs> um, but I, I just wanted to ask you, how is, how is it seeing this up on the big screen again? Well, uh, first and foremost, I am glad that I went again. 
Um, this was my second outing to the movies now um, since, you know, getting vaccinated and getting my uh, vaccine courage to go out again. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just one, it's really fun to be able to get out of the house and go to the movie theaters. And then seeing this movie was a blast because I definitely think this movie was meant to be seen in theaters. I'm very glad that they actually pushed it back so that more people would have a chance to watch it in a movie theater. But I will say, I will say, comparatively to the um, the discipline that moviegoers had for the first movie, um, I think the viewing of the second movie was a little bit more lax. It mm. could have been. It could have been when I went. It could have just been my theater. It could have been just an experience just towards me. But my theater was definitely louder than um, when I went to go see the original movie. I will say that much. But it was still enjoyable. It wasn't like to the point where like they ruined the movie. But I think everybody was a little bit looser uh, in terms of just like how they wanted to view this one, which I actually get. I, I, I don't. I don't, um, you know, I don't slap their hands too much for it because there actually is a lot more sound in this movie than the first one, um, which I think kind of aided to that. But it was a little bit different. It was a little bit different. Um, What about you? What was it? What was it like over in your theater? So I tried to plan this as best I could because even before this happened, like uh, COVID happened and everything changed with the way that, you know, movie theaters are I was always a person who for the most part preferred to wait until movies came out and if I needed to see it on the big screen like if I was just itching to go see it in a theater I usually would default to a matinee Mm -hmm. because for me most of the time the less people that are in the theater the more enjoyable my experience is so I was thinking, all right, it's a Wednesday. It's like noon. Let's go then because I don't think there will be very many people there. And boy, did I knock it out of the park. It was empty. Now, it was me, me, Anthony, and we had the whole theater to ourselves. Really? Oh, that sounds fantastic. It was great. And when I went to buy the tickets, I mean, I saw I saw the seats were available. I said, I have the whole pick of the lot. I got the <laughs> whole theater. I can sit anywhere I want. And so I was waiting all through the trailers. I was like, if this is when someone's going to come in, it's probably going to be now. But no, it was just us. I'm really happy about that. And mm-hmm. I'm really happy that I saw it. Not that I had a choice. I had to see it in a theater. <laughs> um <laughs> And that was one thing I was I was kind of bummed about at first because I, you know, I guess I had just gotten used to the the choice of, oh, if you're not comfortable going to a theater, you can watch this at home. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad that I had to go to a theater to see this, but I get it. After seeing it in a theater, I do believe that that is the if you are able to go to one, if you're comfortable going to one, I do think that is the ideal setting for this kind of movie. And I totally get what you meant about how it just plays out. It's so much more engrossing in yeah. a theater than trying to watch it on a smaller screen at home, whether that be because of the sound design or just being able to see the full scope of everything and being more immersed in it. 
I mean, I I do think the theater was it was the place to be. Everybody outside the club was upset they couldn't get in. Is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Um, and also, I will say one thing that I forgot for a second was all morning long I was getting ready, and I was so excited to get movie theater snacks because I uh, always get snacks at the movie theater. And when I when we got there and I bought the tickets and I remembered what movie we were seeing. The speed at which my dreams <laughs> were dashed <laughs> was unprecedented. <laughs> I mean, oh no! And I could. The thing about you it probably, is, I you could have gotten have away had with snacks. it. I could have because yeah. it was just us, but I couldn't risk it because <laughs> I wanted nachos. And oh, I don't, so you wanted? Oh yeah, you wanted snacks, snacks. Okay, I wanted yeah. tortilla chips. Yeah, so that would have been my bad if other people had been in there i would have felt really bad so i opted out yeah but hey that's pretty good like you're that's your first outing to the movies right yes so like for a first outing to the movies i think you got the perfect viewing of this film so you know what mm -hmm. you took your time but it was worth it uh because you did it right and homies i definitely recommend take the erica route because i saw it <laughs> around like i mean it was pretty prime time i saw it at like seven like around eight o'clock at night um so there was definitely a lot of people there i if i could have watched this movie by myself in a theater i 100 percent would have it's it's it was great and and homies let's put some respect on matinee's name if you are <laughs> able to get out to a matinee i it's cheaper and i know a lot of people want to go see scary movies at night but it's dark in the theater anyway. True. I don't know true. what the weather's like. I mean, when I went in, it was sunny outside, but then when we came out, it was cloudy. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it meant nothing so to me. So much had changed. The outside world meant nothing to me. So if you're <laughs> able to go see a matinee, it is, it's nice. It is like, for me, it's the best time mm -hmm. to go see a movie. Nice, nice. Well, <laughs> All right, before we jump um, too deep into our actual review of the movie, now we do know because this is a newer movie, it is still in theaters and a lot of people may not have had a chance to go and see it yet. Mm -hmm. um, so what we want to do for those people this episode is we want to talk a little bit about our general thoughts for a quick second that are going to be spoiler free, um, just like initial reactions to the movie and like kind of how we felt. And then after a little bit, we will slip into our spoiler portion that is a little bit more regular to our style. So mm -hmm. don't worry if you haven't seen the movie yet. We're going to try our best not to spoil anything for you, but still let you listen to a little bit of this episode. Yes. So the first thing that I would like to ask you, just to get it off the bat, get it out there, let anyone know who just is wanting to know is this movie worth seeing? Would you put the stamp of approval on this movie? Oh, yeah. 100% worth seeing. Mm -hmm. I was, let me tell you, I was definitely in the camp when this trailer first came out and the whole idea of a sequel to this movie came out. I was on the, I was on the side of the fence that was like, why do we need a sequel to this film? Uh, I was cool with it, especially after we reviewed the film. I was like, I don't necessarily know if I really want a sequel to this. Um, but this is one of those cases where they took a sequel and then just used a lot of ideas from their first film and then knocked it out of the park, improved, and made it a lot of fun. 
Um, so it's definitely a sequel that was a success, was not a flop in any means. And <laughs> again, another film that was just an absolute blast to see in a movie theater, um, mm-hmm. despite not seeing it as perfectly as Erica did. Uh, it was still <laughs> a lot of fun. I still really enjoyed it. Um, you, what do you, what do you think? Approve? Yay or nay? It's approved. It's hey, a yay. The it's double a yay approval. Yes. Double stamp of approval. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun in this movie. I, I'm pretty sure in our first review, thinking back, I, I praised a lot the, how contained that movie was and how mm-hmm. focused it was on this one family and this one section of the world. And so I think, I was nervous about this sequel because obviously from the trailer, it's opening up where we're being opened up to more of what this world is. And I didn't really know if I wanted that, you know, like I was like, I don't know if I want to see more than them. I was so happy with just seeing them. And I do think that that is kind of the case with any type of movie like this where the more that you open up to the world, I think the easier it is that you can fall into tropes or fall into things that have been done before. Right, right, right. And I was really nervous that that was what was going to happen in this movie, but I I think they were just as successful looking at a grander scope as they were when they were just with the family. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed by that. And I was real. I was just as tense and stressed, and I cared just as much this time around as I did the first time around. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't want to speak too certainly with this statement, but I do think that if you enjoyed the first one, this one has those same elements. It's that that it's got that same heart. And yeah. I think that will be appreciated by fans of the first one. Yeah. And while also having the same heart, it does still manage to explore some different tricks and ways to present kind of the main idea of this film, which is we've got these alien like creatures that hunt down and kill anything that makes a sound. And now we in the first film, we went over a ton of different ways that this can, you know, bite you in the ass um, while you're existing in this world. And I, that was a worry of mine going into this film was, did they show their whole hand in the first movie? Like, are we just going to get a lot more of the same when it comes to the scares and the tension and, you know, all that stuff. And thankfully they found ways to keep it fresh and keep it new, um, while still using the same idea from the first film, which Mm -hmm. I, I commend them for because they're, I think they're taking a very simple concept, but they're really getting the most out of it. And not in a like, like it's they're milking it sort of way, but more in a, they're exploring the different nuances of um, a situation like this. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're you're right. It's it's a great exploration, I think is the good word for it. I agree with you there of what else is happening out there and i also think that it was nice seeing this family be plucked out of what they 
what they've known and having to put them into uncertainty Mm -hmm. because, you know, just obviously in the original one, the world is kind of a question mark. Anytime that they go out, there's always that element of, oh, will I come back? But I think when we hop in with them in the first one, they have a pretty good handle on um, like the barriers, uh, the perimeters of how far they should go. And they have, you know, specific places that they go to get food or they go back into town and they have their entire house set up to handle this. And now they have none of that. And (laughs) so it's you're already starting off. I mean, I at least was already starting off really, really excited to see this family adapt to that and also adapt to the fact that their father figure or their protector figure is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And also, like I said, I was excited for Emily Blunt to have to now kind of, you know, take up that helm of, okay, now I'm the protector. And I went and I was really interested in seeing how that relationship would now work along with the children. Mm -hmm. And I think that they nailed it. I will say, I I feel like these people feel the same as the characters they were, but they built on it very well. Oh yeah, because, because the growth is so uh, is so noticeable in the all these characters. Growth, the growth. Because I I've seen it happen before in sequels where the sequels is a continuation meant to be a continuation of a story of a certain person, and the person feels totally different. Like, mm-hmm. like from movie to movie, it's like, who is this? Because yeah. this is not, this is not the Janie I saw in the first one, and you don't know how they got to that point. But I like that this movie. I it's so obvious that they are still growing and still having to, you know, adapt from who they were in the first one, and it just feels like a natural progression. And I was really impressed by that. I was really happy with that. Yeah. And then I think also, too, it's kind of funny because I did read on the IMDb that uh, Emily Blunt was worried about coming into this next film because she didn't think she could top her performance in the original, which I get. She was a knockout in the original movie. But her and all everybody in this cast, I think, really impressed me with their acting chops. Um, I mean, not that they didn't in the first one, but I think you see it even more so in this film because now they all have the first film under their belt. Like they've had they have that experience to pull from in their back pocket. And I think it really influences that same growth that we talked about with these characters like Uh, watching them navigate after everything they've been through was just such an immersive experience because their decisions that they make and kind of the way that all of them are at this point makes so much sense because we've had to sit and see everything that they've had to go through together. Like we've watched their journey and then we even get a little bit more of their journey in this film because we do get a little bit of exposition as to some of the background to this whole world as well. And once you have all these pieces together, it's just so cool to see this world that we got such a small glimpse of initially expand into this bigger um, universe in its own way. Um, It's a lot of fun and it's really cool to see. 
It is. It is very cool. And I think a lot of that has to do as well with we no longer have, at least in our present time, we don't have Lee, a.k.a. John Krasinski. Um, We no longer have him in this movie. And so a lot more time is spent with our other characters, particularly the kids. I feel like the kids really get a chance to shine in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't in the first one, because I do believe they they do. But I think there's just, because we have one that one less character, they have more, you know, stuff that they're able to do. And I really loved watching them in this. And obviously... John Krasinski's character in the first one is a great character and is such a good, he's a very good source of a lot of the inner turmoil within the family, like a lot of the conflicts that we had within the family in the first one kind of stemmed from him. But then I also felt like he was the glue of the family because he was the protector. And so you have to wonder if without him, if it would feel like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think so. Obviously, you miss him because it's sad. But I think they did a good job of like fleshing out the other characters enough where it didn't feel like we had a missing piece. Yeah. It just felt like we were mourning a character that we had grown attached to. But we, along with them, were moving on. You yeah. know, like we were gradually trying to move on from this thing but it wasn't like oh man i wish i wish lee was he like was in this movie like i at least i didn't i mean i don't know if if you felt differently but i cried the whole time Uh, where was he oh my god john (laughs) john can you please reach out to roshane just let him know you're okay yeah yeah just a just a small hello it would make my day john just let him know you're doing all right (laughs) Um, With your very successful movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, I think that may be a good spot, though, to um, wave goodbye to our non-spoiler people and perhaps jump into the spoilery section for Mm -hmm. the rest of the homies who are just, I know, at this point, salivating. Mm -hmm. And I will say, before we say goodbye to those Mm -hmm. homies, I will say, this is not to say that this is a perfect movie. There are definitely bits of it that i wish had been tweaked or wish had kind of uh like unfolded in a different way um so yeah there there for me there were a few more so than the first one i had moments in this one that felt a little bit unearned to me um but they're few and far between i still think that this is an amazing piece of work and Go see it. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> once you've seen it, come on back to this episode wherever you uh, hit pause and then listen to the rest and yes. uh, find out what we had to think about our movie today, which, as you already know, is A Quiet Place 2, which was directed by John Krasinski, also written by John Krasinski with some assistance from Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Uh, starring Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Millicent Simmons, Noah Juppe, and Killian Murphy. After a bloody bit of exposition, 
we reunite with the Abbott family just moments after the events of the first film. Battered, bruised, and with no time to grieve, the family packs up what little they have left and journey to a familiar flame in hopes of finding help beyond the mountains. Instead, they find an old family friend, Emmett, hiding away in an underground bunker. Emmett has felt his share of loss as well, and reluctantly lets the family stay for the night when Marcus is injured by a bear trap. While waiting, Marcus and Reagan find signs of life through a music broadcast on the radio. Reagan devises an idea to stop the monsters once and for all. But when Marcus threatens to inform their mother, Reagan goes off on her own, forcing Emmett to journey after her. Insert lack of oxygen, human pinballs, and shotgun hearing aids here. Our film concludes with Emmett helping Reagan with her plan while the group struggles to stay quiet and stay alive. Also, you really should have just left her on that dock. Roll credits. All right, Erica. So, with the synopsis down, hit me with it. What's in your notebook? All right. The very first thing that I noticed is the call the call back to the store and right 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 because that's that store that they go that uh he goes into that's the store from the original right that's like the same store okay yeah it's the same store so it begins with lee going to that general store that they began the first movie with and i thought that that was like a nice thing to start both movies in the same location, but at different times. Because obviously when we start in the first one, they're already day blah, 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 in. She can't remember what day it was. Um, <laughs> but then in this one, it's day one. And we're finally seeing the origin of, not the origin, but the the first time that the monsters attacked. Yeah. And so this was another thing that I got kind of worried about. So when I saw that it was day one, I was like, oh no. Is this gonna is this kind of mess up things for me? Like am I gonna be disappointed in how this unfolds? But I like wasn't. the like the or like the origin of like yeah. where all this came I okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah they they I did mean? run that risk. They ran that they risk. They definitely they definitely did because I I didn't mind not knowing where you know, not knowing that much about the monsters, that was never that big of an issue for me. And I was kind of worried that they were going to tip their hat a bit too much and show me too much stuff. But mm-hmm. they didn't because really we still don't learn. All we know, all we've learned is that they fall out of the sky. But really, we learned that in the first one because from the newspaper clippings, we already knew that they came from the sky. So what it really is doing is just showing the pandemonium how everything went wrong so fast. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it shows that this family, against all odds, has really, really kicked ass. Like, because they, they should have died. So many times within this opening sequence. I mean, if they didn't react as well as they did, specifically the parents, I they wouldn't have survived. None of them. Nah. 
I, I will say I did put in my notes that although I love the beginning and I'm re- actually I'm really happy that they did save this mini exposition because it's exposition, but it's really not because like you said, we don't really learn anything new mm-hmm. about our antagonist. We just learn a little bit about like what it was like right as this happened. Um, so I did like that and I enjoyed that they waited an entire movie to give us that. But I did put in my notes that y'all are still foul for killing off that black guy first. Like, I did notice that, and I was like, come on. I'm happy that he's there and he had a role, but you just had to slap him. Like, why couldn't he be the second person to get slapped? Why he had to be the first one? So, I guess, so the, well, I don't guess. I know. The guy that plays the cop mm-hmm. um, also plays Hercules for all my Hamilton fans. <laughs> um, and John Krasinski was very, very excited for him to be in the movie. It's, I don't know if he just wanted him to be somebody and like, hey, be this, you know, just to have him have lines and everything. So they maybe gave him a little bit of a meteor role, but still not an integral role. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll t- we, I feel what you mean because we will talk about the most disrespectful death <laughs> oh, yeah. a oh, little yeah. bit later on. <laughs> we'll get there and we'll and it'll help us circle back to this, but I get what you're saying. Cause to be honest with you guys, ooh, I'm a little hold on. I'm a little heated. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit I am a little bit pressed about one of the deaths that happened later on, but I, I do get what you mean. Um but you know what? I think it I, I like that he was a cop and that he was just trying to protect everybody and doing that the best way that he could. And obviously we know, you know, I think that's what's so effective about this opening is the minute that it started, I was tense as fuck because we know, we know (laughs) what these monsters are going to do. And we know that as soon as they start attacking, everybody is going to make so much noise yeah and so i was super tense the entire time but i i also like when this movie like i i liked that aspect of it that it it sucks how normal everything was you know and how great this town was yeah it seemed like a really nice place to live and i'm glad that they showed that because it yeah. really it really mirrors what's going to happen to it very soon. Um, and just I think uh, it just makes it it makes it even more sad because you're like, oh, these seem like really nice people. Like everybody's like friendly at the at the at the baseball game. All the parents like each other. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows each other. Yeah, everybody well. knows each other. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like small town energies. And it's like, dang. Y'all all about to be dead. Like in about five minutes time here, there's going to be about four of y'all left. Yeah. And I mean, they're getting absolutely boinked. Shredded. The way Shredded. That these, <laughs> the way that these monsters are just, just flicking these people across this town is, oh man, it just seems so petty because they're not even eating them. It's so they're just like, they're like, bitch, get out of my way. I'm about, I just want to run around this town and cause cause chaos, and it's great. I I also love that they split up because like Evelyn goes one way with uh, the two sons, and Lee and Reagan split up, and I liked bouncing back and forth between 
the two of them and seeing where in the town they were, what they were trying to navigate. And I also think with the opening of this movie, like when Lee is walking through the convenience store, it's another quiet shot, no music, but this time it's when things are normal, but he's like picking up stuff. Like he's like picking up fruit and he like rips the bag and Mm -hmm. everything sounds so loud. Like everything that he grabs in that store makes the loudest noise. Right. And you're just so aware of like, this is not how you got like, you don't live this way anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I love that they put the, they put the magnifying glass on that of like the, the everyday things that you don't think about that make so much sound that you will have to think about very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice. It's nice to see it as like a reminder and like you and yeah, like you're noticing it a lot more because you know what the movie is. So like you're expecting silence. Mm-hmm. And so like to hear all this sound, you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it it's jarring. And it's those little everyday things that in the first one you forget about because they don't have the none of that is even a factor in the first one since we jumped so far ahead so things like that or when they're hiding later and that girl's cell phone rings that's things that we didn't get to experience them having to navigate in the right. first one and so when her cell phone ringed it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> i was like oh yeah of course she yeah. has her cell phone of course the ringer's on yeah and of course somebody's trying to call her because you're like the world's going to chaos like you're trying to contact your friends and whatnot yeah and like also i i just gotta shout out those like i know the driving sequences were huge for them in this beginning portion and my god did i love them like they oh, were man. so intense so well made you'll shout out to the stunt team that made that happen because that was so well coordinated and just so such a visceral moment just watching just that entire that entire oh, sequence man. with her yeah see and that's what i mean if that was me it's a wrap they're eating <laughs> they're eating me and my family like a happy meal because if it's up to me to back up and like <laughs> navigate this road with my subpar driving skills baby it's over um but another thing that i appreciate and it comes into play later is because we get to see them um interacting you know with with friends and neighbors we really hone in on the fact that even then they used sign language as a way for their family to communicate Mm -hmm. and so it you know it just doubles down on that fact that they were already able to find another way to communicate with each other that without sound. And I liked seeing Emmett interacting with Reagan because through that, Reagan, because she now has to deal with someone who doesn't know sign language, I liked seeing their interactions a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the I I always give a credit uh, in this movie. And I think they did a lot in the first movie too. Is like they they set up things really well that will mean something later on. And I think it's just a good writing technique that they implement, especially in this one. Some people may not like it as much. I'm one of those people where I'm like, if it's done well, it works for yeah. me. There's like one or two uh, instances I think in this movie where maybe it was a little too glaring, but overall I like all the little foreshadowing. I like that these little moments that seem very small at the time end up actually meaning a lot later on in the movie. Later just, on, yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love that that happens. 
Um, yeah. But so we we get through the exposition and then we're transported literally moments after the first film. And now they're basically just packing up shop. Right. And they're yep. they're heading towards uh, one of the fires that they've seen, which based on I, I I don't know if maybe I imagine this, but it seemed like um, Reagan was taking like notes of which fires were still there. And it looked like there was only one left. Yes. Because it seemed like on her little map, she had different circles that got crossed out. And I think like that one flame that they're going to ultimately go to is the one place that wasn't crossed out yet. Right. Because I think when we last saw them lighting the fire... There was a few. There was like at least like like, there was either like two or three because a bunch a bunch of them weren't lit anymore. Mm. And so yeah, since then, which makes sense because with their gunshot, I mean they alerted a lot of creatures to that area. So if anybody was near them, I hate to say it, I love this family, but boy are they a bad (laughs) omen. Yeah, they really do bring chaos and fire wherever they go. Everywhere they go, it just gets worse for who's ever around them. And yeah, I agree. like, you love this family, but goddamn, some of these people are just like, oh, y'all, you would have been so much better off if you yeah. just never saw them. It's like chill, Harry Potter. Before <laughs> you came to Hogwarts, these were dope. Like, these were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, okay. <laughs> so the net, I, I do think that that was great that they called back to the idea of the fires because I was wondering what from the trailer I was confused on whether they stumbled upon more people or if they were seeking them out and so we find out that they're seeking them out which totally makes sense because they have almost built up this nameless faceless community and it feels like there's some solidarity there. But you'd, you'd think, right? Like you, you'd like the thing. Yeah, it feels like they have a kind of, you know, uh, understanding. And so, of course, let's try and go to this person. And we've been shown that this was a very small town. It, so you can kind of assume that, hey, maybe we know this person. If mm-hmm. we're lucky, <laughs> we know this person. Yeah. Um. So uh- they... Pa- I'll go ahead. No, I was good. I, I think we're going along the same route here. But I was going to say, like, like as they left to go, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going into, like, uncharted waters. I did put in my notes here um, as they – because we have this moment, right, where they're going along as far down the trail as, as they've sanded. Mm-hmm. And then there's that moment where they have to, like, walk on non-sand and mm-hmm. keep going forward. And nothing really happens, like – there's a tense little moment there where you think like, oh, is this going to be a problem? But it's like, okay, fine. And I understand why it couldn't have been a problem because that would have been really annoying to have to like explain how they traveled this distance without alerting people if like the tiniest, you know, stick crack would attract these things. Mm-hmm. But I did, it did make me put in my notes. So was the sand kind of pointless then? Because like, it seemed like tiny little leaf crunches were okay. Yeah, so for me... Because I, I think that kind of plays into like what you said last time, how I, how I mentioned, oh, why don't they go after birds and things like that all the time? I wonder if maybe those kinds of small noises at this point, maybe the monsters don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. those as much as really big noises. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if maybe that was something they kind of did in the past. And I also wonder if maybe that was their... Also for the kids 
to kind of say, hey, don't, these are our bounds. Like, yeah, everything the light touches <laughs> is ours. <laughs> don't go any further than that. But I mean, at the same time, it <laughs> could just. Don't go beyond the sand, don't Simba. Go to the elephant graveyard. <laughs> um, but it could be one of those things where they were just being extra cautious. True. true and true, true. we're just saying, you know, hey, just in case. We have this because it, it did seem like even Evelyn, when she took that first step, she definitely seemed shook. Like she mm -hmm. wasn't sure if they were going to, you know, attack. She's just thinking, I wasted all that goddamn sand for no reason. What for the fuck? All my good sand out here <laughs> blowing away. <laughs> but I, I will throw a little like quick blanket over like the rest of this, too, is like. Mm -hmm. There are definitely moments where I think like the kind of sound continuity of like how the monsters work has changed a little bit from the first movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that bothers some people, but and it and it bothered me at first. I'm not gonna lie, it bothered me at first. Okay. But I just kind of think at this point, for what they were going for in terms of like making this bigger and expanding, I just feel like they had to take some liberties there. Because like if we were being as cautious as we were in the first movie, I don't know if this sequel would have worked, honestly. That's because, fair. right? Because I think if we had gone the same route where like everything was hyper conscious and we were aware of literally every little sound, if we went that route, then I think we would have run the risk of just doing a repeat of the first movie. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier in this review, there is more sound in this movie. Like we hear people talking a lot more. We have a couple more musical scores, mm -hmm. like with it, within transition sequences. We have the characters being able to make certain sounds and get away with it. Uh, it like it's there. And I think at the beginning, if you if you pay too much attention to it, like, yeah, it can take you out of the film. But I think if you just kind of run with it and the, the fact of the matter is, is like they do. I, I feel like they know, like they know the parts where they're taking liberties and they do still do their best to explain like most sound and why they get away with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I get I give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard where it's like, you know what, they're they're doing their best here, but they didn't want to make a just fully silent movie again is the vibe I got. Right. Yeah. And I think they, they I, I do think they find a they strike a good balance in that tension of even I don't know it's kind of ex it's kind of even exciting for the audience because for me I was stressed even at the smallest sound I was thinking was that too much was mm -hmm. that too okay and so I do feel like it it's kind of cool that it is always changing because obviously we know like a huge sound it's inevitable they're coming mm -hmm. but for those smaller ones, I, I do kind of like that feeling of not knowing and us also anticipating, is this the moment where they attack or are we going to coast by on that twig snap or, you know, that that thing closing? Was that OK? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I all I know was my heart hurt this whole movie. My blood pressure felt like it was high. <laughs> I was I was just sweating and it was cold in there y'all you know how cold <laughs> movie theaters get and i was sweating it's it's a very it's a very tense movie and i give it to him like when stuff goes down stuff really goes down goes i mean down. when when that sound trap dropped like even though you knew it was gonna happen because it's in the trailer 
But when it happens in the film and you're like, oh, shit, we're about to go into the sequence. It like My heart dropped the moment it happened. And then Erica, my lord, when Marcus stepped on that bear trap, shout out to Noah because oh, that yeah. man's face went on an emotional journey before screams, that scream. Oh my God. Tore through my soul. I already met his facial. I mentioned this in the first one, his facial expressions and the emotional journey that he is able to go through and pull me through is just always great. I don't, something about him is just makes me just want to give him a hug. <laughs> and so when that happened, first of all, completely unexpected because there was so much going on the last thing that I thought would happen would be another trap because I was so focused on the first one mm-hmm. and I'm thinking oh shit we're gonna, they're gonna have to deal with this monster so yeah when that happened it just was such a shock to me my mouth <laughs> dropped open <laughs> no sound came out and yeah he just did a, such an amazing not only him he did an amazing job but also watching Evelyn obviously probably feeling horrified because her child is because she knows she knows but it's also like you can't scream but like she knows (laughs) (laughs) I love you but you really gotta you gotta keep it cute because it's and it sucks because you can only imagine that is another thing about these movies the pain in them is so effective Mm -hmm. I feel everything that happens to these characters. And in that moment, I know how painful that would have been. And it, so yeah, scream. Like <laughs> I totally get it because you have to let that out in, in some way. And it's still clamped down on his foot. Yeah. So it sucks because you understand that he needs to be quiet, but. But also oh, like, but there's a bear want- trap. <laughs> There's a bear trap on his foot. And <laughs> oh man, yeah, this the stress of that and her trying to keep him quiet was bringing me to an early grave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but stress aside, they get through that situation, right? And then they ultimately run into Emmett, who leads them into his, I wrote down, very creative hideout. Um, I did think it was very smart what they came up with, with his um, little lair that he's got set up. His lair. <laughs> yeah. His little bat cave underneath the factory. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got, so he's got, like, he's down inside, like, the basement of this factory, right? And then he's got this kind of, like, bunker thing. I don't really know what that's technically called, I'm going to be honest. The thing that they go into is that yeah what you're talking about? that the, the tube yeah. whatever that tube is i think it's meant to be a bunker i thought it was a safe for a really long time but mm-hmm. i think it is a bunker yeah wh- whatever it is it's it's soundproof it's pretty like it's it's pretty good protection but i love that they introduced this idea that it's also a vacuum sealed tube thing so there's right. only so much oxygen in there So you've got Emmett, who's got this like watch that he's constantly looking at anytime you go inside this place because he's figured out how much time you have um, of oxygen within this thing, which Mm -hmm. this, like a lot of other things in this film, 
comes into play later. And I just I, I love that this movie does this, where it just introduced these tiny things that make a lot of sense just on a base level of, of course, that would be a thing that he's had. He has to take account of. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's going to play such a pivotal role later on in the film is just oh, it's so good. So it's- good. It's great. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk a little bit more about Emmett and mm-hmm. him as a character. But first, I do want to say, I think that this place that he has is a great, a very good idea. Because like he says, they can only hear you when they're right above you. Yeah. And so you're you're good as long as none of them are in the factory. And I think this addresses our fart question that we had in the first one about, <laughs> you know, what if you think it's going to be silent and then it's like a four piece brass band when you fart, <laughs> what do you do? And I feel like maybe that's the answer. Maybe you just got to get yourself into a good enough spot where you can't be heard. And then I thought, well, what if you snore? You're dead. There are that no sucks. more. There are no more people that snore in this world, Erica. They're all gone. That sucks. Or if you talk in your sleep. I'm well, you know what? Those people can get eaten anyway. Because you know what they were. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. God. If you sl- if you talk in your sleep, I, I love you. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> um. But yeah, he he's got this great place set up. But you also kind of get from that 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 was also trial and error for him. Because he mentions that they started in a house, mm-hmm. but his wife was sick and she would scream in pain. So then they moved here. But then later on, we see that even then, he had them kind of living on the top floor of the factory. Mm-hmm. And I I guess because you probably had a great vantage point from up there, you could probably see where everybody was coming from. But yeah, he used to have them up there when there was this whole bunker <laughs> down down below that would have been a perfect environment. So I don't know. I just I like things like that because I do feel like it is it makes it very evident that it's a lot. This world is a lot of trial and error. Like, mm-hmm. and the thing that sucks about it is the error. You it ends in death. Like he had a whole family that, and now it's just him. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I think that that shows that the Abbots, you know, are just they're very clever and. I think it's a testament to them that they were able to survive for, for so long in a house because yeah. you have to be very, very smart. You have to be perfect. And you have you can't, to you can't screw adapt. Up. Yeah, you have to adapt very quickly and you have to really be about your shit. And I feel like they are. And and it's so like and it gets passed down now to Marcus and Reagan. They are now learning to be more clever and more cunning and learning how to adapt. And I think that that's because their parents, you know, have been showing them how and have been showing them the way, which I think is another element of this movie that I really love is that idea of passing these things down Mm -hmm. to the people that are going to come after you. Yeah, it's one of those things where it kind of um it kind of touched on one of my questions slash issues from the first movie of like okay. having a kid and I, we had like a full discussion about like having a kid in this um circumstance like and what that means um i think it it takes on a whole different level of symbolism when you see how effective the kids in this film 
honestly are and how resourceful they end up being. Um, so I do think it's cool that they had this as like a through line bit of, um, you know, symbolism or whatnot. And also just I'm going to throw it out there. Seeing Killian Murphy, a.k.a. some people probably know him from Peaky Blinders, but my boy Jim, 28 Days Later. Um <laughs> I was I was so excited to see him. I was like, oh, my goodness. I get to have another apocalypse adventure with Jim. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we meet him and we meet Emmett and they have previously known each other, which was the smartest thing that they could have done mm-hmm. because you run the risk with a character like this. Every apocalyptic movie has one of these guys or girls where you know, they are cold and they can't afford to help other people and they're so cut off from the world, you know, and distant. And throughout the movie, they have to soften up. And it is it is what it is. It's just one of those things of the genre where, uh, but it makes sense because that is human nature. You would have people like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, his his version seemed very grounded, though, based on like that, what yeah. he'd been through. Yeah, no, I, that's why I love this version of it, and I think it was very it was in their best interest to have to the, have them be people that knew each other, mm-hmm. because already I feel like that adds another aspect where he is so far removed from that life in a way that the Abbots aren't, because mm-hmm. they have really continued on to try and live as normal as possible. And he just hasn't had that opportunity. And so they have this conversation and he says like, yeah, even if I, I, I kind of had a feeling it was you guys, but I, that's none of my business is basically <laughs> like what, what he says. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's not crazy to say that because when things like this happen, People aren't the same people that you knew them as in a right. regular world. And why sh- why would he put his life and his family on the line for friends that he doesn't even know if they are, are good still people friends anymore? Yeah. yeah. Like, so I don't think that anything that he said was wrong. Was he, you know, I don't think that he necessarily needed to kick them out but at the same time i don't he hasn't been we don't know how or wait no he does say it's been like almost a year i think since yeah it's been some time since it happened yeah but so yeah it's like he hasn't had to be around people for almost a year he has been living a very specific way and now he has an entire family that has fallen into his lap. Not only a family, but also a newborn child. Yeah. And which we as the audience we're cool with, but I gotta imagine you see that and you're like, that is are actually you a walk. <laughs> that is a like, walking time or uh, not even walking yet time bomb. I mean, yeah, you have to think from his perspective, it's like huh what what are you what do you mean what do you want from me <laughs> i got three kids now that i gotta take care of <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny 
that like she opens like she opens it up as like the thing that will like get him to say like all right you guys can stay or like kind of when you really think about it that could have been the part where he's like oh hell no y'all yeah. get the fuck up out of here right <laughs> yeah now. he really could have she could have lifted that lid and been like but the baby he could have been like you need to get the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take that baby and go yeah. we can't do this we can't make this work right. and and that's another thing though because they did have that previous relationship with each other it works because mm -hmm. obviously he does really care about them and so when he has to go after reagan and they kind of form that relationship with each other it's already built on something it doesn't yeah. come out of nowhere there's already a foundation there it's just they have to rebuild what they had previously had this is true. And it's not the same as he's some stranger and now all of a sudden her and him are friends. I feel like that would have been bizarre. And I'm really glad that they didn't go in that direction because like it, it that wouldn't fit into this world for me because they are so such a tight knit family. I I feel like they would rely on a friend. Mm hmm. I agree. And that kind of that kind of leads in pretty well to the I guess adventure portion of this film, <laughs> yeah. uh, where so uh, Reagan and Marcus through the radio that they've been carrying around, still looking for signals, pick up a signal um, that is a repeated song, which Reagan figures out is actually a message telling them that there are survivors somewhere on a nearby island, which she's able to um, locate. Which, by the way, is. Just, can we can we talk about Reagan for a second? Now, granted, all right. When Marcus is like, "I'm a I'm a rat you out," and she goes <laughs> off by herself, my first question is, "How the hell did she get out and nobody saw her?" Like, I did think that immediately. <laughs> I was like, "There's only like one way out, and y'all are in a very small." How was she able to? Anyway, so <laughs> despite that, yo, the balls on Reagan. The fact that she was like, you know what? If you won't help me, screw it. I'll go do it myself. Was it a smart idea? No, but she was 100% committed to doing that, despite the fact that she's deaf. Like, she's like, I know that this is a solution that could work, and she's not wrong. Like, it's not a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. It's just incredibly dangerous. But she has she has the, the bravery to say, like, I will go. I will mm -hmm. go on my own. I will do it. Um, and that I actually, despite the little, little nuances there, it garnered a lot of respect for her character from me where I was like, dang, she's really about this business. Like she's trying to she's trying to end this once and for all. She really is. And you know what? I feel like that is kind of goes with what I said about the continuation from the first part, because this totally makes sense to me for Reagan's development because even in the first one i noticed that she had a habit of kind of wanting to put herself out and put herself on the line and say no i'll do it or like i'll go here i'll do this but her dad was always kind of trying to protect her and i feel like that has only gotten stronger for her in this movie because she wants to continue it's like she wants to make her dad proud and she knows that if he were alive, this is what he would do. Mm -hmm. So I have to be the one to do it. And I love that. I love that she is in the first one. She was doing a lot of things and trying to be defiant and trying to, you know, get earn his love back. But now she now she's just kind of 
doing things in the memory of him and mm-hmm. for him. And I think that that totally reads for where her character would go. And the same thing with Marcus. He's still that scared little kid. Like in the beginning of this movie, he is still that scared kid who is losing everybody that he loves and is trying so hard to hold on to what he has left. And we also get a progression for him where I feel like he becomes braver and braver over the movie and by the end of it realizes that sometimes he has to be the one to fight back. Like he can't expect other people to do it for him. Mm-hmm. And I just love, ah, dude, I don't know, the kids, the kids progression in this movie, the grow, the hair growth that the kids <laughs> had in this movie was, was like tier one for me. I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, definitely agree. And uh, slight, slightly um, related, but I love that they took the, um, the silence from Reagan's point of view from the original film. And then um, expanded on it in this yeah. film. I thought they found some great uses of it in the sequel. And because the actual movie itself has more sound to it, it kind of makes it stand out even more in the moments that it does happen. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool to see that that sort of filmmaking callback get used again. Yeah. Um, I did find it kind of weird. There's one. So this is one of the first scenes where I I thought it was kind of strange. Um, Like after she runs into or after Emmett finds her and they like take a quick break and like she wakes up and she thinks like he's left and like took her hearing aid and stuff. I thought that scene was kind of strange just because like I don't think Emmett was established as the kind of character that would do that at that point. And then also, like, even if he was, like, what use would he have had for, like, her hearing aid and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like, it felt like a bit of random tension that, for me, just didn't feel like it needed to be there. You know, like, I just don't feel like he would have left her, especially not after going through all the trouble of going out and finding her. Yeah, well, I feel like he, well, he took the hearing aid as just in case he needed to use it against. Yeah, yeah, like, like I get, because he's, he saw, he saw her use it. So I know that he doesn't know how to use it, but just like, it it was kind of set up as this like, oh, did he abandon her thing? I was Mm -hmm. like, no, of course he didn't. Like, yeah, the only reason that I like it, I, I liked it more by the time that we got to a later scene, because I think in this one kind of similarly to Lee a little bit, I I think Emmett kind of treats Reagan like she's a child, which she is, she's a kid, but like she has shown herself to be more competent than that and more capable than that. And so I feel like he kind of did the thing of like, oh, well, you stay here because it's safe and I'll go off and do this instead of just waking her up and saying, hey, come with me, we're going to go look for this. But mm. then later on, when they're on the island and they get attacked, they leave the little kids in the closet and then he brings Reagan with him. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like that was like, okay, no, we're like, we're equal now. Yeah. Like where I go, you go now. We are yeah. a team. And so I liked it more after that, but I do agree with you in the moment. It was like, he didn't leave her. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Because it's like, what would be the point of him going all the way out there just to leave her? Like, 
So I do agree. It was kind of a weird, unnecessary fake out that really wasn't a fake out because everybody knew that he didn't leave her. Yeah, Besides like we, Reagan. Reagan's the only one who didn't like, know. <laughs> oh, come on. But I will say this. like Even though that fake out didn't work for me, uh, it led into probably one of the tensest like middle portions of a movie I think I have ever seen mm -hmm. because like now there were a couple dumb choices made in this little night double mm -hmm. night sequence that we get. Mm -hmm. Um, first off, shout out to uh Marcus who had one job and <laughs> yeah, just couldn't stay heck? put. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> This is one of my biggest complaints in this movie is sometimes the there is the motivation there is not it's not strong enough. I don't and compared to the first one where I felt like every action I knew why they were doing that and mm -hmm. it, it it clicked for me. Marcus, baby, what are you doing? Because <laughs> for, he looked at he looks at the bed He's supposed to watch the baby. He's killing it. He's he's doing his thing. And then he decides to leave the baby, looks at the bed. And I, I didn't maybe this was just my fault. I do need to get my eyes checked. So this could have been a me thing. But I didn't see what he was looking at on the bed. Did you? Mm, no, I don't really recall. Honestly, I just I feel like in my brain it went. He had the baby. He put the baby away, and then he's leaving the bunker for yeah. whatever reason. So he looks at something on the bed, and that's supposed to be his motivation, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't see what it was. So next thing I know, he's out bobbing and weaving through the factory with binoculars. Well, huh? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you bird watching? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you out here? Like I. Would <laughs> I would have to imagine that, like, maybe he's like, oh, mom's been gone for a long time, so let me see, like, what's up and, like, if she's coming back. Which, her leaving, like, I went with a friend, and I know my friend was like, why did she leave? But, like, she had to go get, like, the supplies and the oxygen and stuff. So, like, mm -hmm. her leaving made sense. Yeah. Um, And so I kind of just assumed that he was going to just see where she was. But, like, bro, just stay put. Don't she's got, yeah, because what is that? What do you get from looking out there? Because even if she's out there, you still have to wait for her to get inside. And right. if she's not out there, you still have to go back down into the bunker. So you could have just stood put. It's like when you're younger and your mom's like, oh, I'll be home at 9 p.m. And then it's like 930 and she's not there. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my mama, God. Mama, but where are you, mama? <laughs> Come back to me, mama, please. <laughs> but, bro, you and and I for her, she probably shouldn't have told him, oh, I'll be right back. Because I feel like that <laughs> made him anxious. Yeah. And or, I do. Or just tell him what you're doing so that he knows that it may take a second. Just be well, like. And he knew. He knew what she was doing. He just, I don't know, man. He just was in in panic mode, which I get it. Like, he, I felt so bad when she was leaving. I was like, and everybody is leaving this boy. I feel so bad for him. He's yeah, just, that's true. That's he's true. just lonely. His sis he asked his sister to stay. She didn't stay. He asked the mom to stay. She wouldn't stay. So like I, I do get that to a certain extent. But I just think for where his character development was at in, in that point in the movie, I don't buy that he would have been willing to leave the bunker and put himself in danger, you know, knowing yeah. that his his little brother was downstairs alone. I don't yeah. feel like he would have 
done that. I just wish that the reason for him leaving was more of like a pressing matter and it needed to be done. Not that he just wanted to see if his mom was pulling up outside. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe, look, maybe there is a fantastic reason on that bed for why he left the bunker. And so, homies, if you saw something that we didn't as yeah. to why Marcus was out there, out and about, yeah. bebopping around, please let us know. Please. We're Please just uh, side-eyeing this man's choices Cause, here. Because Lord, <laughs> Lord knows my prescription is out of date, and so I might have just missed something. But yeah, let us please let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. That's happening, and then we get the peer sequence with um, Emmett and and Reagan. What and, do you think of this? Well, here I I'm kind of a mixed bag because like. On one hand, I want to give I want to give Emmett shit for like trusting that little girl, but also like I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I just don't know if we needed the feral people, you know, mm-hmm. like I just don't know how necessary. Like I know we set it up with him talking about, yeah, the people that are left are bad people. Like I know it was set up already and it did aid in the tension of this scene having like two big conflicts happening simultaneously i do think that bit of storytelling was very effective because it did make bouncing between the two really tense and really exciting Mm -hmm. but it felt like that's the only purpose that it served for me Mm -hmm. um also these these people take a year and a half to rob someone of their things because they they were steady just taking one item off of reagan at a time they could have left at least half an hour ago but they're just like double checking everything it's like are you gonna rob them or not like what's (laughs) what's the deal here yeah and it was it was making me kind of uncomfortable because i was like are they gonna go in a yeah i thought they were yeah, I thought they were going in that route too. And I was like, this is getting this is this that that scene just felt like it went on too long, especially because they weren't going in that route. It's like, we, why are we here? Why are we in this yeah. this weird amorphous moment? I don't want to be here. Cuz how cuz how they timed it out. Cuz really we're we're when that's all happening, we're still we're bouncing between that Marcus and Evelyn. So there's like three perspectives we're bouncing between. So the timing of it, it's like really drawing it out and they're looking at her really weird and i didn't mind i actually liked the idea of people being there and that being who they had to go up against in this scene rather than the creatures because i was waiting i was like where are we gonna have some people right but actually something that i i thought that little girl I mean, I just didn't, I don't know. It was, so I just didn't get it. Like she looked up, she moved so quick and all of a sudden she has a rope around his neck and then all of these people come out with torches. Where were they? How (laughs) did they not see the torches lit? (laughs) I mean, I I guess, yeah, they, they, and I guess they just stay around the docks, but it almost... I just don't know if I liked them as characters and mm-hmm. if I and if they made sense to me in this world. Um, I was almost expecting something more like the old man that we got in the first one. Right. But this when and I don't mind that they went into a different direction, but I almost would have thought that I don't know, maybe maybe if they were like, dude, I don't know. It, it's hard because everything I'm thinking of, I'm like, OK, well, I just 
took that from another movie I saw. So that's like derivative. But I just don't know if they worked for me as much as I wanted them to. But I did love the when everything when like Emmett and Reagan fought back. I mean, I loved that bit, but yeah, everything leading great. up to it, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Who's man? Who's man is <laughs> <Who's> this? Man's <laughs> this? You know, them fighting back was great. I thought the plan that they made in the moment and the callback to the diving thing, I thought all of that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, I like the aliens having the weakness where they can't swim. It's like, all right, fuck yeah, yeah. give them something. Give them something Thank that they God can't do. That. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that was nice. And then simultaneously, we got the other plot happening at the factory, which what a, yo, what a badass Evelyn is. Oh my like God. the 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 Ripley vibes I was getting from her as she was just handling her business, trying to get to her kids was A1. Mm. Mm-hmm delicious and this the stress this is probably the most stressed i was the entire movie was waiting for her to get down there and let them out because finally we finally get the payoff of marcus is moving so quickly that he forgets to put the towel down to stop the lock from completely locking we finally get that and to be quite honest with you i don't know if that's one of the ones that you kind of clocked early but i was not even paying attention to that fact and oh so, yeah no i saw i saw that so, so the moment that happened t- i was like uh here when we the go towel, when the towel when it closed and i realized what happened oh my god i was because <laughs> sh- i really was wondering i was like what i don't quite understand why the, that's the, there no the the thing with the oxygen i oh, kept I, I kept thinking that marcus wasn't going to be able to get back down there and i was thinking that maybe the baby was going to be like running out of air in the box mm-hmm. so when he got back down there i was like well what was the point of the oxygen running out yeah and then they got into the bunker and i was like oh my god God, somebody give this boy a hug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the was, mom and Evelyn. Yeah. Evelyn can't take a take a like she can't turn around to take a nap without one of her kids almost dying. Oh my god. Also, you, maybe you can help me with this, but like me and my friend noticed this. So, the big the, the alien when it's like chasing after uh Marcus before he gets inside the thing it like basically destroys the entire opening of the of the bunker but Mm -hmm. then when evelyn gives them the slip she like opens up the hatch to like the bunker and then climbs down and i'm like was there multiple entrances to this bunker yeah so there was so remember earlier in the movie when emmett saved them and they like slid down a big opening so that was that was what the monster yeah 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 okay no you're right you're right Mm -hmm. but then there was a ladder entrance Mm -hmm. that they could use so yeah okay you were told you were totally right i just like my friend brought that up and i was like oh yeah you're right like (laughs) uh, how did she uh, because i assume she's gonna have to like leap down there or something but yeah yeah, that makes sense that makes sense you're you're definitely right there um so then we're on that we're we're island now right get to the island and they are living large (laughs) i mean i can't even imagine when emma and reagan saw that i can't imagine seeing that and just thinking oh so oh especially because (laughs) especially because a if 
if Lee was able to pick that up on his radio, because we find out that due to where their location was, he never received that channel. Mm-hmm. If he was able to pick that up. They would have been there so quick. Because either him or Reagan would have figured it out. Because obviously Reagan figured it out. Instantly. Right, yeah, like right away. But yeah, dude, they would have been there. They would have been chilling. And then Emmett was probably like, dang, I just thought they were playing that song. <laughs> right, just, he knew I the just whole liked time. that song. He was like, I like it's Beyond like, the Sea, my bad. He's like, yeah, I was just grooving out to that. <laughs> it's a I classic. also, I wrote. I wrote in my notes too, though. I was like, imagine living a nice alien on a nice alien free island and two people on a boat just ruin your whole operation. Oh, man. Because <laughs> again, our, our harbingers up. of chaos, like they were living cush up until they showed up. And then the moment they do what literally the next day, all of them are just getting yeeted across the aisle. A bunch of people are dying. And so this is an interesting concept, too, that's introduced is that there was a plan in place to try and get as many people to safety as possible. But due to mass panic. People being people. Right. Because, I mean, you know, people panic a lot of times by nature when things like that are happening. Like, it reminded me of the Titanic when I just imagine it like that with, like, the lifeboats. Obviously, they mm-hmm. were bigger boats, but, like, I, I just imagine, you know, it's just people trying to push themselves onto something that can't fit everybody. And, yeah, so there were only able to get two boats to safety, and then all the other boats got attacked. So, like, it makes – it's just so it sucks because I do think that that is realistic because most people would try to push themselves when they saw that that was working. Um, a lot of people would try to either push themselves or try and push their children or, you know, like try and get them to the front and make sure that they get on as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's another case of these monsters really are just the worst case scenario because as soon as people push people fall and when people fall people scream yeah and like that's it that's Mm -hmm. a wrap and i just think that that is just another another way of showcasing that these monsters are capable of taking out loads of people and Unless you can control yourself, they're going to get you. And so that is also another reason for Reagan to want to do what she's doing. Because I just think it gives her even more of a purpose to get there. Because obviously she wants to get there and see if it's safe and see if it's somewhere her family could be. But she also has this power that could potentially save everybody yeah and so like they're on their way i mean now that things have been expedited a lot they're on their way to the radio station where reagan plans on playing her her um sound frequency over Mm -hmm. the radio to attempt to cripple all the monsters and um so (sighs) we get to the we get to the radio station and um Mm -hmm. I don't know, Erica. Do you want to? Do you want to take this part? Okay. So let me look up what his character. I oh, think he's just man on the island. Man on right? island. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so man on island. <laughs> um, he is just so sweet. From the minute they get there, 
he kind of seems like he's in charge of the mm-hmm. island. Um, like the appointed chief of the island. I don't know. But he is kind of walking them through what, you know, how they got there. And then he is the one that runs the radio station. And so they get to, they get there. And this is another instance of the motivation is just not strong enough for me. I would have accepted his death if it wasn't, if it didn't feel so cheap. It really feels, doesn't it? I mean, it, it feels like it's about, it's, it's so about cheap. 34 cents. It's so cheap. <laughs> like, because his, he, you know, he makes sure that his family is, or at least his son is like tucked away and is quiet and is safe. And then him and Emmett and Reagan lead the monster away. They get there and then all of a sudden he is convinced that they went, they moved too fast for the monster and that the monster is heading back to go back to the village or back to where everybody's at. And so then he walks back over to the entrance and gets just yanked out, <laughs> out of the place. And I just, I don't buy that. Like, I don't buy that he would question if, the monster was still there or not and that he would want to run back out and go back and help his family because he drove a car there the loudest thing on the island honking it the entire time like he was such a resourceful character he was but like you know what i mean he drove a car there and he's gonna drive his car back and make all of that noise why would he go back there and like if you were worried about your family in the first place, why did you drive all the way over there? It, it just, it's like they just needed an excuse for him to get close enough so the monster could grab him. But if that was the case, I almost would have preferred it if the monster just grabbed him, like while they were walking through, like if the monster broke through, cause there's a part later on where the monster like breaks through the wall. Mm-hmm. I almost would have preferred that and him being grabbed and, and killed that way because at least he was still being a clever character. Yeah. My or man's like die, IQ or like dropped Dying on the way rapidly. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe he, when- He gets yanked out of the car or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, cause the monster attacks just... the car, yeah. It's you just establish a character that's got a l- even like the splash of nuance to it. But I mean, especially you can even tell from the character description too of a man on it. Like he was he was meant to be a body count for the, the entire time. And yeah, it just feels super fucking cheap. And again, you just you get a little you get a notch knocked because, you know, got the magical black guy just getting yeeted after giving the characters the perfect solution to their problem. It's like, come on yeah. now. And he got you to the radio station like and he and like he could have survived and it would have been fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I still would have liked it. And I think because he, because he was there, he needed to die. Right. Because it didn't make sense for him to be there in the final showdown. Right. He wasn't important enough of a character. And also, if there were three of them there, I think it would have been too much to match with the creature. But if that's the case, then don't have him come into the radio station or like, you know, have a diff- have it unfold in a different way where maybe it's just the two of them there. I don't know. It just it it really felt odd. It was a yeah. weird choice. And I think the the writing of this movie is too good for that death to be as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. You are the caliber is too high for 
the audacity <laughs> that y'all had for that death. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'll throw it out there that to those that maybe like roll in their eyes, because we do point out when that happens a lot, or at least I like to. The only reason I like to point it out is just so that other people notice it, because even though I don't in any way, shape or form think it was intentional to have kind of the black characters having these just um, non-essential kind of pointless deaths, it's just like, I know it wasn't on purpose and I know it doesn't really like destroy the whole movie or anything like that, but it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those tropes that just still is a thing. And even though we're aware of it, it does still happen. So just just be mindful. Just, you know, when you're watching back that playback, just kind of think like, oh, yeah, huh. We did kind of do that, didn't we? Like, you know, <laughs> just just so that you take note. You know, that's all. We just we we we're still fighting to survive as long as we can in these movies. Yeah. Well, and, and I agree. I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't like I'm so I love the actor who played that character so i was happy mm -hmm. to see him like i yeah, was like yeah. i was and there's you know, a lot of there's actually a lot of diversity in the cast too especially comparatively to the first one like they definitely go out of their way to add diversity so again it's not yeah. like a stab like they were doing the shit on on purpose it's just yeah. gotta poke fun at it when it's there you know yeah and it and it's just one of those things and regardless like it's just one of those deaths that you see it in the movie and you think eh, that wasn't that wasn't great <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, so, yeah, but basically they get to the radio station um, and Reagan saves the day. Not only does she save the day, but she also saves her family as mm -hmm. a result, which. Yeah, I, I wrote down. I really like this ending uh, mostly because I really love the symbolism. I talked about this before, but I love the symbolism that the monsters are really being slain by the kids and not the adults and that. For me, after ever seeing everything that Reagan and Marcus have been through, seeing both of them win, especially Marcus, because like this is our first time really, really getting to see Marcus be like super brave. You know, I mean, him him uh, keeping his brother alive with the oxygen was brave as well. But this is like a very triumphant moment for him. Mm -hmm. And like, I just you know, I really enjoyed watching that whole sequence with them both getting to do it at the same time. I just thought it was really well shot. I love the feeling that it gave and it was very cathartic um, mm -hmm. to just watch these kids go through it, lose so much, like lose their brother, lose their dad. And just like they keep losing things, but then you finally see them get a win. And I just think it just it hits so good. It hits. so It good. does. And it's great because they, you know, all throughout these movies and in any instance you you know it the adult figure is expected to be kind of the one that stands up and has this triumphant moment but in this world these kids have had to grow up so fast and mm -hmm. like they have to be adults they are kids but they have to be prepared to fight like adults and i think for reagan she has always kind of been ready for that but this is the first moment when she's really been able to take it because i mean even earlier we see her struggle to kill one and she can't emmett has to save her because she's thought her and ent this entire time she's thought oh i'm ready for this and then the moment comes and she chokes unfortunately she can't do it and emmett has to save her but now finally like she's able to use her strengths to save emmett mm -hmm. and i just 
feel like it's just such a good moment because you've been waiting since the first one for her to have that moment. And then, yeah, it's the same thing for Marcus. It's like, you know, he's just such a sweet boy, but you know (laughs) that like sweet's not going to make it in this world. You have to be ready to fight. And I like that it's his, it's the idea the prospect of him potentially about to lose more of his family because at this moment the monster is about like it has evelyn like it's gotten her leg and it could probably pull her out Mm -hmm. um it's like that prospect that leads him to fight back and it just feels so good it just feels so good to finally see him like face this monster head on because at the end of the last movie he was hiding Mm-hmm. And now he's like right in front of it and ready to kill it, which he does. Yeah, and, and I then also, it ends. <laughs> yeah, and then it ends, which I I like. I actually like because I, I the I think the first movie went like one beat longer by you know letting Evelyn get that uh, shotgun cock in the mm-hmm. in the first one, and then this one it really just like once it's done, it's done, and like that's a wrap. And like it really feels like they're setting up for it to be a trilogy, which after this one, I'm kind of okay with personally, but I can also see the third one maybe muddying things up a bit Um, because they've really at this point now, I do think they've done a lot with this idea. So if they're for me, if they're able to pull a third one off, you know, good on them. But I think it's going to be a bit of a task to make that third one really hit. Right. And and. I would be, I think they ended it in the perfect way where it could pick up and be a third one. And if it does, I really, really hope they do the exact same thing they did in this one and pick up right where it ended. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also ended it in a way where like, I'm happy. If this is how it ended, I would, I feel fulfilled. I can fill in the blanks for myself Mm -hmm. after that. And I would feel like this is a high note to go out on. So, I agree. I agree. I'm cool either way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I, I mean, I feel like that that covers it. That's about it's yeah. about all of a quiet place too. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Um, what are we thinking for rating? What are we could rate it out of? Um, out of crying babies. Crying babies. Oxygen tanks. Oxygen tanks um bear actually i was gonna say bear traps but i think we've done bear traps i think we've actually rated out of bear traps before i think we might have i honestly think we might have done it i don't know i yeah i don't remember what we did bear traps for um Uh, but what else happens in this movie i think i was partial to oxygen tanks myself but okay let's do oxygen tanks oxygen rate this out of oxygen okay do you want to go first sure so i think I think I'm going to give this a 4.95 oxygen tanks out of 5. Oh. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm actually kind of battling with myself cuz I kind of want to give it a 5. I do. Um but I don't I don't know. There's I think there's something with the there's some there's something with the magic of the first one, I think that is holding me back. Maybe it's nostalgia, maybe it's just my love of the original idea. And sort of that um, that attention to detail in terms of like the silence and the how contained it is into the one family mm-hmm. um, that I just can't get over in my brain to like properly give this a five out of five. 
but I do think this is an absolutely fantastic movie. Um, I had an absolute blast in the movie theater watching it. Um, I was tense the entire time. There were a couple weird choices by some of the characters, but I think overall they expanded the world and added some really cool, interesting new um, perspectives and people into the storyline that kept me entertained the entire time, kept me interested. And if they do, if they were to make a third one, because of how well made the second one was, um, they could at least get me into the theater to go see it. So Mm -hmm. I think for now, on a one-time watch of this movie, I'll give it a 4.95 oxygen tanks out of five. Nice. Okay. Um, I'll give this a 4.7 oxygen tanks. Okay. Um, I gave the first one a five, mm-hmm. and I gave it a five because there was nothing about that movie that I would have changed. I can't give this one a five because there are very, very small things that I think if they would have tweaked it, it would have been seamless for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of the characters' decisions I questioned in a way that I didn't bef- wouldn't have if they were just fine tuned a little bit. But other than that. I am actually very impressed by the way that this movie unfolds and the way that they were able to build upon the world that they had already established in the first one. I never knew where this movie was going. And I was so I was just along for the ride because I was always second guessing if things were going to work out the way they were or the way that the characters wanted them to. And I enjoyed watching the continuation of our main family. I enjoyed watching their progression, but I also liked meeting a new character, which is very hard to do sometimes. Introducing a new character into a family that you always already care about is very tricky and can go very wrong, but I liked Emmett. And I liked where this movie left off. So I'll be interested to see what they do with it potentially. But I think for this one, 4.7 for me. Didn't love it as much. Wasn't as perfect as the first one was, but I still loved this movie and would see it again. Nice. I think that's fair. I think Mm -hmm. that's fair. All right. Well, we did it. We did it, homies. We did A Quiet Place 2. Um, our first movie that we've talked about where we actually had to like go to the theater and see it right mm-hmm. to review it because everything else we've talked about has already been out. Yeah, I think this I is think. our first like theater plus like just came out review. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun seeing this movie. I had a lot of fun talking about this movie. Um, homies. I'm going to assume if you are this far that you have seen this one. Um, <laughs> if and not, oops. <laughs> if not, okay, it is what it is. Um, but please let us know what your thoughts are on this one and where you would rank it um, amongst the other one. And also let us know, are you interested at all in another one? Would you like for them to do a third one or do you think they should go ahead and wrap it up? Um, So please let us know your thoughts. You can always reach out to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. You can also email us requests, recommendations, business inquiries. Um, Our email is homiesofhorror at gmail.com. 
And we also <laughs> live stream. If you guys want to hang out with us live every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, we do live stream on Twitch doing live reviews of stuff that we can get to during the podcast, as well as some fun horror cooperative spooky games that you can come watch us play and scream like little children <laughs> at. so uh if that's something that's up your alley or you just want to hang out with the homies in real time please check out us on twitch the link to that is in all of our social media bios yep and if you guys like and what you're hearing then please let us know uh you can rate or review us on apple Podcasts. we always appreciate it and we love to hear what you homies are thinking about us and we love feedback from you guys it also helps get more eyes and ears to our podcast so if you have an apple podcast account please check us out on there and leave a rating or review but other than that homies we are all done for our episode today we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll be catching you next time homies catch you later homies bye